Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages zero to eight. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood experts, Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss, and make the most out of every chance to teach play and love. As parents, we all want harmony in our households, and oftentimes conflicts occur around sharing or taking turns. It's hard to share. At what age should a child understand the concept of sharing, and how do we give them tools to develop this important life skill? Join Rachel and Claire as they share developmentally appropriate expectations around taking turns in sharing, how to practice and model sharing with your child, and when it's actually okay not to share. Hi, Claire. Good morning. I'm happy to be with you again to talk about another really practical topic that parents are wondering about. Hi, Rachel. Yeah, today we're going to talk about sharing and taking turns. Mm. I get questions about this all the time. Why do you think this is such a sticking point for so many parents of young kids? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Something that comes up all the time. Even in classrooms, we're always telling kids, share, take your turn. It's just such a quick response Mm -hmm. when there's a argument or conflict over something, and there inevitably is when you have young children. I think, you know, parents want harmony in their households. They would like to reduce the amount of squabbling and fighting and loud voices and bickering back and forth. And and it's frustrating when kids won't share. And sometimes they show a glimmer of it, and then they absolutely won't do it later. And you're yeah. like, oh, I thought we were there. An important point or to think about it is like, Adults don't do this all that hot either sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to share your stuff. And if we just pause for a moment and think about how that child is feeling in that moment, I remember being in a, in a teacher in a classroom and kids were in the dramatic play area and their uh, one child had the, a shopping cart and was having a great time playing with that shopping cart. And another child really wanted that shopping cart and went over and took it. And there was mayhem in there. And I I thought it's such a good example because what if you were in a grocery store like that, though? Because in that scenario in the classroom, the first instinct for teachers is, oh, you should share or take turns. So what if you're in real life in the grocery store as an adult and someone just comes and takes your cart? You're not going to be like, okay, well, I guess we'll take turns. Like, it is a a hard skill. Yeah, that's actually mine. I've worked hard on having this. So it shouldn't be our first response all the time. And, and, um, the the thought is just to try to step back from that a bit and understand the development that's going on. I mean, toddlers, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, preschoolers, even even early elementary school, they don't really have a concept of property rights. It's just, yeah. if I want it, if I'm interested in it, why can't it be mine? It's a, it's a fair question that they're asking, and they don't know how to get it. They don't know negotiation skills. They don't know how to propose a solution to someone, so they're just going to go over and take it. And it's really normal developmental behavior. So I think we as parents often expect the behavior of sharing and taking turns too soon and too often. It will develop and we can help it get there by understanding it, being patient with it and not over expecting them to perform and to be sharers and and people that can take turns before they're ready for it. That's absolutely right. And I think a lot of the, the pain and shame that we feel as parents comes from those unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. that you just referenced. And actually, I found this really interesting study that Zero to Three did. They did a national parent survey a few years ago, and they asked parents, um, when do you th- what, what age do you think that children should be able to master sharing, have a mastery of sharing? 43% of parents said they thought by age two. 
Ooh. a child should be the, um, have that mastery over <laughs> that skill. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm in my 40s and I still don't have it yeah. down. So that's a really unrealistic expectation, right? They don't have the brain, the cognitive development. They don't have the social emotional skills, even the vocabulary, the language skills to say, right. excuse me, I, may I please have a turn with the shovel when you're done, which is of course what I wish my two-year-old had done. But yeah. that is completely not even if your two-year-old did that, because some precocious two-year-olds or, or three-year-olds might have say that, and then the other child walks away from them, they're probably not going to be able to handle that part well. <laughs> they, they, sometimes right. they get something rehearsed and figure out one piece of it, but the whole scenario is real challenging. That's right. So when is it developmentally possible? When, when do we start seeing the skill actually unfolding? Yeah, it really, they have to have a lot of cognitive capacities and social emotional capacities to really be able to do it. They can perform it because you have asked them and you've taught them what to do. It's sort of like when you say to your child, you need to say please and thank you. Well, they can say please and thank you. That doesn't mean they're grateful. Right. <laughs> that just means that they've learned if they say please and thank you that they can they can um, get through. It's like a, it's a pass-go situation. Yep. And that's the same thing for sharing. Sometimes they're taking turns. And they can show little nuggets of it. Like they, if it's, if, if they think maybe it'll help the situation and they can show empathy earlier, but it's really three, four is when we should be yeah. expecting that they can do it and not all the time. We shouldn't be asking them to do it frequently. I have two children and I know my older daughter is 24 now and she and I have laughed about this as, as when you're an older sibling and the, and the new kid shows up, literally, you're just expected to share everything yeah. and it's so annoying. And can you, again, as an adult, if someone's like, you know, this random person's moving in that you didn't ask for and you're also going to have to share all your stuff with them. You would not <laughs> no, be okay never, with that. Never okay. But we expect uh, uh, siblings to do that all the time and we're constantly telling them to share. So it is, it is something that you can use up the capacity for young children too, so be careful about how often you use that. It shouldn't be your catchphrase to solve everything as a parent of kids are squabbling. You shouldn't be always saying, share, you need to share, you need to take turns. Think about the situation. Did they work hard to get that grocery store cart? Maybe they don't need to share right now. Right. Um, but so let's go back to what you asked is about all the developmental things that a child needs to be able to do. And I'll just share a couple examples before they can really share and take turns. So they have to be able to recognize and manage their own emotions. That's huge. That right there. Huge. So complicated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, some adults don't have right. this or, or all adults don't always have this under control. Right. And this means like they have to understand desire. I want this and this is why I want it. That's a very complicated set of emotions to understand. They need to understand something called theory of mind, which means we're both in the same situation, but I have a different perspective than that other person. Yeah. Again, that's pretty complicated. Because if you ask a child, how do you think that makes someone else feel when you don't share, take turns? If they're too young to understand theory of mind, they're like, I'm good, I got what I wanted, so we must all be fine, carry on. <laughs> I'm fine, <laughs> yeah. everyone must be okay. Yeah, exactly. So those are pretty big things. They have to recognize other people's feelings and empathy. They have to have the language and communication skills. Again, you, we both have mentioned this, like you can't really, you don't know how, know how to negotiate for something when you're a preschooler. So that's really tricky to be able to do. They need to control their own behaviors because what if they don't get what they ask for? What if they don't get a turn when they want it? They have to understand cause and effect. They have to make decisions and choices and it goes on and on. So really being able to take turns and sharing is the culmination of a lot of important social emotional learning and cognitive development. So when they start to show that they're able to do it, 
that's a big celebration, mm -hmm. but don't ask for it too much because it's it's not an infinite skill that they can just use and do all day. Right. We can't, so right. um, we shouldn't expect them to be able to do it either. Right, it's not a regular thing yet. It's still kind of a, it's a thin ice skill. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to just wait for the ice to harden a little bit before you can expect it to happen regularly. Um, I think, so we talked a little bit about expectations, and I think really that is gonna help a lot of folks right there, just adjusting your expectations. Toddlers, in particular, are just gonna be terrible at sharing. And actually, we know this in our classrooms and toddler rooms, we, don't, we would never even ask toddlers to share. Like if we put out an activity or something at a, at a sensory table, we make sure there's enough of everything. Right. Because we're not gonna expect an 18-month-old or a, a new two-year-old mm -hmm. to be able to articulate, negotiate, theory of mind. We, we know, as child experts, that that would be too tall of an order for them. So we just set them up for success, right? right? So that's one thing you can do. Adjust your expectations, set your child up for success in certain situations. Um, what happens about, about when, we, when they get to the preschool age, maybe three, four, five years old? They're starting to get that theory of mind a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's things you can do. Just, just what you shared as an example is setting them up for success. So if it's something that they're, you know the children that you're with are gonna want more, more of, provide more of that. Right. If you know it's something that's precious, it's theirs, they're not gonna wanna share it, let, that's okay. Ha let them have some things that they don't have to share. That actually feels really good. These things are protected, then I can share the other things. So you otherwise you're like protecting everything, but if you know that there's some things that are sacred, then you, you're, everybody's a little more open to the idea of sharing and taking turns with things. So if they're having a play date or yes. with, with a sibling or whatever it is, don't have everything need to be shared. And that would be in a classroom too. We, we would want the adult to be conscious of, okay, that child has been working toward that. They don't have to share that, but share something else. We also yeah. teach kids how to make choices. So what choice are you gonna make? Mm -hmm. Where are you gonna where are you gonna play right now? Who are you gonna play with? And then give set them up ahead of time. Tell kids this is how this is gonna work. Today we're going over to so and so's house. We're gonna do a lot of sharing today. Let's practice yeah. that. Let's yeah. model it, practice it, play a game where you're sharing, get them ready for it so that they know what to expect in that situation. Yeah, I used to say that to my son. He had a, a bunny toy that he really liked and he liked to bring it to his friend's house. And I'd say, that's great that you wanna, that you wanna show bunny to your friend, but are you prepared to share bunny? And if you don't feel like you wanna share and let your friend have a turn holding it and wrapping it up in a blanket, then maybe we wanna leave bunny at home because it's your special thing. You don't have to share it. So let's just, again, set them up for success right. going into that playtime with a friend. And, and the fact that your son got to choose, that is so powerful. Kids don't have a lot of power, they don't have a lot of control. So when they have either of those things or both of those things, it feels really good to them. And they get to make some decisions, be, a little, contribute to their own destiny. Because again, they're being told to share, take turns. <laughs> they're being told what to do constantly. They don't have a lot of say in many decisions in their life. And, right. and we all protect our things and our stuff and property more when we think it might get taken away. So if we give them confidence, that we're not gonna do that to them and they're gonna get to make some choices, then, they, then they're much more willing to do it. Are there any other strategies you can recommend? I just think about the time of day. If your child is tired or hungry or anything else is going on or they just had a play date where they were sharing for hours, then they're gonna come home and have to share with their sibling and they're hungry and it's near bedtime, you're not getting any sharing or taking turns. No, that's, that's, a, that's a wild uh, uh, assumption that that is going to be able to happen so really thinking about again it's finite 
to be able to share, to be able to take turns. So when do you really need that from them? And ask for it then. And again, model, set them up for those choices, give them some say in the situation, and then make some things 100% theirs. That will help yeah. quite a bit, just that, like your son's bunny. Yeah, that helps also a lot after birthdays and other mm -hmm. um, occasions where gifts might be given. In my household, the child who received a gift is allowed, doesn't have to share it for a couple days. It feels so special to them. Mm -hmm. And we just said, that's okay. You know, we I know you, you've shown me many times that you're responsible and that you're really good at sharing. And you guess what? You don't have to do it all the time. I asked my husband if I like sharing food. I do not. I do not care to share my dinner with you. And I, again, am an adult. So there are certain situations that you're allowed to say, actually, I prefer to have this to myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Another thing I like to um, remind parents is it's a great opportunity when these sharing conflicts arise. So let's say you've done all these things. You've set your child up for success. They're not hungry or tired. And there's still a conflict, right? There's still a conflict between siblings or you're at, with another child on a play date or with the playground or whatnot. Some really good opportunities to work on some empathy and those that theory of mind skill that that developing is just by labeling some feelings. Yep, it's always a good time to do that. It's never a bad time to work right. on the feelings vocabulary. That's what I call it. So saying things like, "You look really disappointed. Are you sad? You wanted a turn with the with the tennis ball, didn't you? It's really disappointing that you didn't get to didn't get a turn. What can we do about this problem? Or if there are two kids actively in a conflict, you can say, "We can just narrate. You both look really angry right now. What's going on? Oh, there are two kids and one fire truck. How should we solve this problem with a preschooler? Toddler, that might not work. But a preschooler going into you know, kindergarten prep, they'll have an idea. Ask them, how, how are we going to solve this problem? Yep. What do you think? What do you think? How sh what should we do? They will be able to solve it. And even that toddler will start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. They'll pause. They might not be able to articulate. And they might say, my solution is that I get the fire truck. <laughs> but they will be thinking about it. That's it's a right. good start. Yeah. Um, other things I like to do sometimes with siblings, especially if you've got a timer in your house, a visual mm -hmm. timer mm -hmm. that might show the time ticking down. If there's a really, really, really exciting thing in the house, it, it, you've just had someone just had a birthday, or you know, grandma just dropped off a really cool thing, and everyone wants to turn. It's it's a you know it's an old strategy, but it works. Is yes. saying all those things I just said. You're both really disappointed. How can we solve this problem if they can't come up with a solution on their own? Then I might suggest, should we do a timer where everyone, each person gets 15 minutes or 10, or if they're younger, five minutes with the toy. And when the timer goes off, you're going to swap. And we can set the timer again. We can set the timer as many times as you want yeah. until it's time for lunch or until it's time for whatever the next activity is. And that just kind of takes the pressure off of everybody. Yep. Use a tool. Why not use a tool? Exactly. So it's something else making the decision. We use visual schedules in the classroom, and that's a version of that. So we, kids can see what's happening with yeah. pictures. They can't read the schedule that's posted on the parent bulletin board. They don't know what's happening next or when they're going to run out of time. So giving them that, whether it's a timer or they can look at a clock, the hands on a clock, or they can see what's next, anything that can help them see how they're going to manage through the day and what their options are, how long they can do something is really helpful for them. I think the you mentioned birthday parties, and that's a good example too, is when kids are high emotion and they're really going to want something, sometimes it's they, they it, that emotion of excitement turns into I want that or I don't know how to share or I don't know what to do with myself in this scenario. So you can anticipate those kinds of things when you know there's going to be a problem and just figure out a way to, to not have it be an issue in that moment. Mm -hmm. Do you need to have every other child at a birthday party 
sitting there envious of the child opening the presents for 20 <laughs> minutes. No, no, you don't need to have that. So a lot of times parents do like gifts for other kids. Why don't they get them then? Or I used to have uh, for my kids when they were younger, well, actually we still do this, but they, the <laughs> child having the birthday, of course, is getting a lot of gifts. And then the other child would get something too smaller and that the birthday child got to pick out for them. Oh, so nice. it that's wasn't, nice we didn't, why cause a lot of envious and jealousy? And then that person, they were both involved in it and it was it's kind of a fun little tradition we have, but it yeah. reduces a yeah. lot of the problem. And there was no reason to have that. There, there's no reason to teach a child to deal with that envy. It's, it's too hard for them, and there's, yeah. there's no value of and it. And there's some generosity mm -hmm. in, the, in the spirit of that as well. Certainly. And it's also setting, again, once again, what you said before, setting your children up for success in that moment, reducing the amount of tension. I also think another, I think it's an underrated skill is giving your child a script to use. And I use scripts all the time as a parent and even at work, like, or even when I'm at the grocery store, like things like, oh, pardon me, I didn't see you there. Like we have these little, these little phrases and scripts we use all the time to get us through sticky parts of our day. So you can say to your child, you know, th that was really hard for you today when the fire truck at the playground, you, next time you can say, that looks fun. Can I have a turn when you're done? Mm -hmm. And if you say that, and they just kind of have that in their back pocket, they can feel that they, 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 they see the fire truck. At the, next time they see the fire truck, there's probably still going to be a conflict. Again, this is a shaky skill, but you're giving them a tool, many tools. One of the tools is this little script. You know, that looks that truck looks so cool. I love how it's bright red. Can I have a turn when you're done? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good example. It's not always going to work, but they can yeah. try. Yeah, but you can give them prompts too, like if we're... If you know, remember what we talked about, not in an angry way, because that right. will get them flared up with other emotions going on, and that will reduce their ability to remember and control themselves in that situation. But remember what we practice? Should we practice it again? Yeah. If you see they're struggling with it, so it is really helpful. Sometimes you can give kids visual cl clues, like if I see that you need to use your sharing words, or that's gonna, that's mm -hmm. I need you to take turns. Maybe I'll just touch my nose or something. Mm -hmm. And we would do that in a classroom, especially in a group scenario, so that child doesn't have any shame or you don't have to take attention away from the other children to help one child with a social skill that they're working on but that can be really helpful too yeah and also practicing it with your child and modeling it so if your child if you're doing something like maybe you're on your phone this is a bad example but like or you're doing something really cool and your child comes over and says what is that can I have a turn share with your child or if you see your child playing with two cars you could sit down next to your child and say wow that looks really fun. Can I have a turn when you're done? Mm -hmm. And maybe if their sibling asked them that, it would be you know World War Three. But you <laughs> asking, maybe they're a little bit like the the vibe is different between, and they can practice sharing with yeah. you. Like, oh yeah, I'd be happy to give you one of my cars. Practice it, model it, yeah, do all that good stuff with them. So I think the important thing to to sum this all up is that practice will make it better. All of these things will make it better, but it will not make it perfect because even as adults, we're not perfect at this. We're not perfect at a lot of things. And so we need to give children that grace and help mm -hmm. them develop these really important skills. And before you know it, they will be sharing and taking turns all on their own. Adjusting our own expectations, modeling skills, and most of all, remembering that practice makes better, not perfect, are all keys to encouraging, sharing, and taking turns. As Rachel and Claire said, these skills are an important part of social emotional learning and cognitive development. So when children start to show that they're able to do it, that's a big celebration. For more expert guidance on early childhood development, check out our family resources at brighthorizons.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us. 
Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love. And discover parenting as the joy it was meant to be.